Let's pray together. Lord, thank you again and again for your mercy. Your mercy is so great. Your mercy is poured out upon us day after day. But Lord, we don't want to take that mercy for granted. So we saw last week, we never want to treat it as cheap grace. And so we thank you. But we also commit anew to live for you. Lord, remind us today as we look at your word again that your grace is a call to obedience. Lord, thank you, though, in the restoration of Peter, we can see and experience our own restoration, all made possible because of your mercy upon the cross. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. As you know, we've been working our way through John's gospel, but today I want to jump ahead a little bit in John's gospel and share a portion more appropriate for Palm Sunday and the beginning of Holy Week. Further, these particular texts, they better coincide with what the children are studying in children's church. So I hope studying the the same themes will help for us to have some conversations between parents and children about what we're studying. The children are looking at Peter's denial today, and then on April 30th, they will look at Peter's restoration. Because I won't be here on April the 30th, I want to look at both the denial and the restoration today. So first, the denial. Turn with me to John uh, 13 verses 36 to 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Thanks be to God for his word. Jesus, of course, is the main character of John chapter 13. And it's a chapter with much beauty. It's a chapter in which at the very beginning, Jesus humbles himself, and with his great humility and love, he washes his disciples' feet. And later in the chapter, Jesus gives us and his disciples a new commandment, that we love one another. Just as I have loved you, Jesus says, you are to love one another. But there are two additional characters in John chapter 13. And one is Judas, who leaves the group to betray Jesus. And the other is Peter. And Jesus foretells Peter's denial. Both sinned. Both are remembered for their sin. But there is a stark contrast. William Barclay, in his commentary, speaks of the contrast this way. Judas' betrayal of Jesus was absolutely deliberate. It was carried out in cold blood. 
It must have been the result of careful thought and careful planning. But there was never anything in the world less deliberate than Peter's denial of Jesus. Peter never meant to do it. Peter was called in a moment, a time of momentary weakness, if you will. We could argue that Judas never was a true believer, but I believe Peter was. In fact, after Jesus, Peter was the acknowledged leader of the twelve. So I think the first takeaway that you and I could, could get from this text this morning is that if Peter, a believer, and a leader, a Christian leader could fall, then so can we. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 wrote, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Paul's main point in that text is that when you're tempted, God can provide a way out. Stand strong. He'll, he'll help you find your way out. But he makes that point because temptation is common to all people. And Satan will lie to you, beloved, and tell you that your temptation is worse than anyone else's. That your temptation is so hard that, that you can never stand up under it, so you may as well go ahead and sin anyway. Satan will also lie to you and make you overconfident. He'll make you think that you can somehow stand up all alone, that you don't need any help. And I think overconfidence was a primary factor in Peter's fall. You see, Peter had been among the twelve since the very beginning. It, Jesus was the leader of the twelve, but as I already said, Peter seems to be next in command. He, he's top-level management, if you will. So when Jesus said in verse 36, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Well, Peter confidently replied in verse 37, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Peter was a little too confident in his own abilities. He failed to acknowledge Lord, if you will give me strength, Lord, if you will lead me and hold on to me, then I will follow. Lord, Lord, if you'll walk with me, I'll go all the way. If you'll be with me, I'll go all the way, even as far as to die for you. The, the Bible doesn't tell us what Peter was thinking after Jesus told him the rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. But I suspect after the initial shock, the overconfident Peter might have been thinking something like this. No way, Jesus. You, you got me wrong, Jesus. All the others might deny you, but not me, Jesus. I'm Peter, remember? You, you called me the rock. They might leave you, but I won't. But each of the Gospels tell us that Peter did indeed deny Jesus three times. Each time someone accused Peter of, of being one of the disciples, he replied something like, 
I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. I'm not one of his disciples. Peter was always compulsive. He was always overconfident in his own abilities. So yes, he denied Jesus three times. But this was a momentary failure. Peter was still the one that Jesus was going to build his church upon. And in order to do that, Jesus needed to restore Peter. And that's where our next text comes in. John 21. This is an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus had predicted Peter's denial in front of all the disciples. Further, the denial itself was witnessed by at least a maidservant, a number of bystanders, uh, and a servant of the high priest. We don't know if the other disciples were nearby when, when Peter actually denied Jesus. We do know, though, that Jesus was nearby because Luke's gospel tells us that after, Jesus, after Peter denied Jesus the third time, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Either way, Peter's denial was quite public, and the story had likely circulated among all the disciples, even if they weren't there. So now Jesus is going to re restore Peter in front of all the disciples. If Peter was going to lead them going forward, the other disciples needed to hear Peter's reaffirmation of love and Christ's recommissioning of Peter. If Peter was going to lead, everyone needed to know that Peter still loved Jesus and Jesus still loved Peter. John MacArthur writes, the primary mark of the redeemed has always been love for God. The great Old Testament confession of faith is called the Shema because it begins, Shema Yisrael, or hear, O Israel. Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 
When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He again answered basically with the Shema, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Love has always been primary. Love has always been primary for a disciple of Christ. But what Peter and all of us must understand and practice is that love requires obedience. Love requires obedience. Jesus was very clear in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So three times Jesus is going to ask Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter's going to answer, yes, you know that I love you. And three times Jesus is going to say, feed my sheep or tend my lambs. That is, be obedient. Demonstrate your love by fulfilling the second greatest commandment, which is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Look closer at the conversation with me. It's a very interesting conversation. First notice verse 15. Jesus addressed Peter as Simon, son of John. The only time Jesus addressed him that way was when Peter was in trouble. It's like my mama yelling, Danny Ray Redmond. Something was getting ready to happen, and it wasn't, probably wasn't going to be good for me. So Peter was probably bracing himself at this point. And Jesus' questions were very pointed, but they could have been a lot worse. There was a lot of grace for Peter here. This rebuke could have been a lot harsher than it was. Notice Jesus never said, not one time, Peter, I told you so. He never says that. Jesus restored the sinner. Discipline, as our book of order indicates, is, should always be applied in such a way that what we're seeking is to restore the sinner. It's another takeaway for us that we discipline, and when we need to correct, when we need to rebuke, we try to do so in such a way that restores the person. So the first question is still in verse 15. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now Peter and the disciples had just been out fishing, and so when he says, do you love me more than these, he's probably talking about the boats and the nets and the other fishing equipment. Do you love me more than all these material possessions? And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. But there's a word play going on here in the Greek that you just don't get in the English. When Jesus asked, do you love me? The word he used for love was agapao, or the word you may have heard, agape. Jesus is using the highest form of love. It's a deep, committed love. But when Peter answers, you know that I love you, he responds using phileo, which was not as strong. 
It speaks of a love uh, as one being fond of someone. It speaks of brotherly love. It speaks of maybe a, a friendly type of love. You see, Peter in his brokenness could not commit to the deepest form of love. Or maybe he thought, there's no way I can use agapao to speak of my love for Jesus. If I did, I'd be a hypocrite because just a few days earlier, I denied him three times. But though Peter's confession of love was not as strong as what Jesus had hoped for and had asked for, Jesus received it and he said, feed my lambs. Be obedient. Be the leader that I've called you to be. Take care of your fellow believers. Second question, verse 16. Jesus again asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And once again, Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Once again, Jesus uses agapao, but Peter responds with phileo, a friendly, fond of kind of love. Once again, though, Jesus charged him, tend my sheep. Third question, verse 17. Just as Peter had denied Jesus three times, Jesus asked him for the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time Peter was grieved that Jesus had asked him for a third time. And he responds, Lord, you know everything. You're omniscient is what he's saying. You know everything. You know that I love you. And the reason Peter was, more, was grieved is more obvious again in the Greek because this time both Jesus and Peter used the word for love, phileo. Peter is grieved because Jesus is calling into question, Peter, do you even have this lesser love for me? Jesus' three questions in our vernacular might be something like this, do you love me? Do you really love me? Are you even fond of me? Ouch. I believe it broke Peter's heart that his denial had called into question even this lesser love of Jesus. But once again, Jesus graciously accepts Peter's answer and he charged him, feed my sheep. I suspect at this moment, Jesus knew how broken Peter was. He knew in this moment that Peter wasn't ready to pledge the greatest love, agapao, agape. And maybe Peter would not pledge such a commitment because he was afraid that he'd failed Jesus again. But Jesus fully restored Peter because Jesus knew something that Peter did not yet no, Peter would remain obedient to the Lord's commission from this point forward. For the rest of his life, he would be obedient. He would not only demonstrate phileo, brotherly love, but he would also demonstrate agapao, the deepest of love. From this point forward, Peter would boldly proclaim the gospel. He'd tend to the flock. He would love Christ so much that he would go all the way to death for Christ indeed. Jesus knew that. Peter had not yet come to know that, but he would. You see, what started as a tragic story in John chapter 13 ended up as a beautiful story 
in John 21. As, as Terry kept saying, Sunday's coming. And Sunday came for Peter. And Peter's story can be our story as well. In just a bit, we're going to sing There's Power in the Blood. And that song rightly assumes that like Peter, we've all failed Jesus. We've all denied Jesus in our own way. But the same blood shed upon the cross for Peter is the same blood shed for you and for me. And that blood is powerful. Therefore, the restoration graciously given to Peter is also a restoration offered to you and to me if we will accept Christ's sacrifice and pledge our love. But as I said last week, please do not take this as cheap grace. Trusting in Christ and pledging our love will require our obedience. So some of us need to hear Jesus ask this morning, do you love me? Do you really love me? I mean, I'm wondering if you're even fond of me. Are you willing to commit to a deeper love marked by obedience? And yet others of us may be asking, can Jesus take me back? Could Jesus receive me for the first time? Could he really restore me? Could he use me after all of my failures? And therefore, we need to hear what Jesus said at the very end of the text. He said, follow me. Follow me. We need to hear Jesus say, yes, beloved, I take you back. Yes, beloved, I'll receive you for the first time. Now come and follow me. Would you be free from your burden of sin? Would you be free from your passion and pride? Would you do service for Jesus, your King? Would you live daily His praises to bring? If you would, there is wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. By His blood, by His blood, Jesus will take you back or Jesus will receive you for the first time. So come, be restored, and follow Him. Follow Him. Let's pray together. Lord, some of us right now, we, just, we need a deeper love for You. We've pledged our love over and over again, but we need a, a deeper walk of obedience unto you. We recognize in Peter our own denials. We, we recognize that how we haven't loved you with, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Lord, forgive us and by your Holy Spirit, empower us to love you and serve you more. But Lord, for some of us, our denial and our sin against you is so deep. It's so deep that we may be wondering right now, could Jesus take me back? 
I've never even tried to turn to him. Some may be wondering. I've walked apart from him all my life. Would, Would he take me for the first time? Lord, reveal to anyone who feels that way that you love them and you love them deeply and you want nothing more than to take them back. You want nothing more to restore them to saving grace, maybe for the very first time. Whatever the burden we carry today, would you show each of us that you will receive us, that you'll restore us? Reveal to us that as you forgave and restored Peter, you'll do the same for us. Remind us as we sing today that the same blood shed for Peter was shed for us. And there is great power in the blood. Oh God, free us from sin and pride by the wonder-working power of your blood. And call us to a life of service and praise to you, O Lord, our King and our Savior. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory now and forevermore. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.